From deep in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, joined by Chester Moore, our editor-in-chief tonight. Live, kind of, in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the SHOT Show 2019. Chester, how you doing? I'm great, but there was already a mistake in your intro. There I knew no you were going to bring this up. The heart of Las Vegas. There is there no is heart. No there are bowels. But I'm not sure there's a heart here in Las Vegas. They're, they're nice people here still. It's just a wild, crazy... It's just crazy, a system. It's, it's a system. It is a system. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I actually like coming here because uh, I don't do all the, the nightlife stuff. There's a lot of other cool stuff, but there it's is. hard. I was like, that might be pushing a little bit. Well, okay. So, deep in the soul or the, the soul. bowels, we'll the bowels the of Las Vegas? <laughs> the soul. I That's just I'm... my opening, man. You can't take that away from me, man. I you think know? I just did. I, you did. You did. So, I guess for the next podcast for tomorrow night when I'm riding solo again, I will uh, I will not say hard. <laughs> deep in the soul of Las Vegas. There you go. Anyway, so. All right. So, day number what, two for you and three for me because I did range you day. You did range day, yeah. So, what'd you see? It was, um, I was a lot of meetings today, but in the last two days, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of stuff that um, actually had kind of upgrades to it. And I saw a, a whole lot of attention to detail on some things that are like commonly used outdoors stuff. Um, one, of the, one of the things we were looking at is Flambeau. Yep. Now, Flambeau has this absolutely phenomenal decoy setup and for jerky i assume no we're talking for ducks for ducks okay yeah. cool all and right it's, great uh, it's the gunning series i think it's the gunning series mm-hmm. it might be gunner i think it's gunning series okay and and i mean like when i say incredible i'm talking about what was really cool about the gunning series is the, you know they have great looking decoys but this, the way they design the bottom of them they swim even if almost no current in the water really? the slightest breeze the slightest movement of water they move. and they move side to side and back and forth and really it, yeah so you don't have that mojo effect you know right the spinning decoy the spinning the same rotation. but it's the, the spread itself looks like it's actually swimming ducks so duck hunters listen to that that's cool that was great, man, because that was something that's like, if you duck hunt, decoys are necessary. Right. And it was really, really super cool. And I thought that was a, a great innovation. And I've always kind of wondered why that there weren't decoys that were designed to move a little more than, than you know you typically right. see out there. Right. Because static decoys um, will definitely uh, flare wary birds, you know. Right, right. So that's why I'm, something that's an automatic with the, you know, the spinner type uh, decoy has typically been so good, but this is a new tactic, and I think it's going to be a game changer. Cool, that's good. Uh, so che- uh, let's see here, Trevor and Jeremy from the Cast Blast Girl Chill podcast. Uh, I'll listen to this show, and uh, I want to go duck hunting with you guys. So I'm just giving you a shout out right now that we should do that sometime in the future. I know it didn't really happen this year, but um, love you guys. So there, shout out. <laughs> um, but well, no. and while we're shouting out on that, okay, yeah. Um, Turkey hunts. Yep. Dustin and I want to go turkey hunting, and we want to go not one of these crazy. We want to go like where there's like four million turkeys. That <laughs> turkey, are stupid turkeys. Turkey is crazy turkey. Population. Yeah, they'll like walk out like suicidal turkeys. So because we can't call very well, so we need some help. So if you got if you got, if you got turkey hunting opportunities that isn't in the panhandle, 
We will go. <laughs> in the van. <laughs> Sometimes Josh will far. never travel in the van. Unless it's a Mariam's, and then we will go. Mariam's turkey. Okay. okay. All, right. All, right. All right. So, anyway, we got our plugs out of the way. All right. Speaking cool. of turkey, though, um, I went to a press conference of the National Wild Turkey Federation today. Yes. And they are working on an initiative with partners like Mossy Oak and, and others to uh, really engage in hunter recruitment. Uh-huh. Because they say without the turkey hunter, the turkey population is going to end up in the future going south because there won't be the money right. and interest behind their turkey. And I was really impressed with the the dedication those turkey people have to the turkey hunting uh, lifestyle and to the numbers of birds. And if you look, I mean, the turkey was down to about 100,000 birds right? in, the, in, in 1900. And yep. now we're looking at several million and 500,000 of those are in Texas. You know, we that have, many? We got 500,000 Rios in Texas and scattered Merriams and a herd panhill, definitely Trans-Pecos and a few scattered populations of Easterns, but 500,000 basically Rios in Texas. Wow. Pretty pretty crazy, right? Well, it's funny we start off with duck hunting and with turkey hunting because those are two of the hardcore groups. That big, you, big time. I mean, big time. As far as, you know, uh, depth of, of passion mm-hmm. and of, you know, getting out there and getting it done and just re- resilience, I guess. You know, you, fanatics almost about, about getting stuff out there. You yeah, know? man, because I, I didn't grow up a duck hunter. I grew up a deer hunter. Right. And I got into duck hunting when I was, like, early part of my outdoor riding career, like 20, 21. And just fell in love with it, you know, and yeah. really, really dug it. And I've always been fascinated with wild turkeys. I've only killed a few. Uh, I will say I did kill a 26-pound, 10-inch beard Rio down in Brackettville. Oh, wow. First time I hunted with Lou Marillo. Southwest or, Texas area. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The place was loaded with turkeys. Wow. And uh, I was actually hunting with Keith Warren on that hunt. We were trying to kill one with the bow for his TV show. Lou Marillo, our uh, hunting editor for fishing game, the first time he came down and hunted with me. Killed one with his bow. I never got the shot. And at the end, like 20 minutes before the hunt had to stop, Keith Warren gets on the radio and goes, Chester, time to get the Mossberg bow out. <laughs> the Mossberg bow. So, I didn't think you were going to tell this story. Yeah, That's so crazy. we went and got this Mossberg out. And we went and waited because these turkeys were crossing late. You know, late they were crossing this particular road a lot. And we hadn't sat down two minutes. And his head... It looked like Godzilla's head. It was a huge turkey I've ever seen in my life. Sticks his head out. He's walking out to the trail, and I thought Keith said, shoot. He was saying, don't shoot, because he hadn't focused on it yet. I blasted that sucker dead, oh and uh, I was uh, quite happy. But uh, So they're very dedicated, and uh, there was some cool stuff out there uh, for those products. I mean, Flambeau also had some really killer uh, decoys. Mm-hmm. And the, and I was talking to him about their they have a proprietary painting process that they do okay. they can't talk about a whole lot I was trying to dig some info out but uh, they're, they're it's like CIA dude and I don't blame them because they got some incredible paint jobs yeah. some of the stuff looks like taxidermy you know right, what I mean right serious and yeah. uh, and 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 I was just really impressed with the, the realistic paint jobs on their, right. on their decoys you know and obviously flambeau cases I mean a wide variety of different you know plastic products that are, amazing you know, stuff cases, man amazing stuff. stuff. Yeah. But uh, what else? Um, did you see anything in the bird realm while we're on the subject? Well, I mean, you know, no, not right off the top of my head, no. Yeah. But I mean, I, I really, I really think what you did with the National Wild Turkey Federation, that kind of stuff, as far as the conservation efforts, that's one thing we haven't talked about in a while. Uh, last time we did shot, we talked about there being more of a conservation role, like there is at ICAST, right? Yeah. 
And and to have a press conference for the National Wild Turkey Conference, National Wild Turkey Federation, you know, today, I mean, I think that's a step in the right direction. It's you? a step in the right direction, but it's amazing to me that ICAST has ten times the, the, the conservation groups. So it's about saving the fish and not necessarily the wildlife all the time. And the wildlife side, uh, there's just not as many represented here. I know I talked to the Wild Sheep Foundation. Sure. Their conference is like, I think, this weekend. So right. they're tied up, so they couldn't be here because they're in Reno this weekend. And um, the Houston Safaris have an event this weekend, got yep. some people tied up. But uh, it's great to see National Wild Turkey here. I, I give them kudos. I think Ducks Unlimited did a press, really, a press conference today uh, regarding a, a fundraiser in, um, in, in Texas, I think at Texas Motor Speedway. Yep. Uh, Kent, by the way, I want to talk about Kent in a second. They had some really cool, uh, you know, uh, non-toxic um, – shot for upland birds okay cool you know they had the steel shot of course for like dove and stuff like that and of course you have to have steel shot for or you have to have non-toxic shot for waterfowl but they also had the bismuth and and stuff like that you know that's really cool yeah i mean a lot of innovations made in the shago world that's where i was going next after you we talked about birds is just um kent rio i mean you know a couple of companies that 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 make shotgun shells that really you know cool stuff so yeah Mm -hmm. overall that's good uh, Chester and I both met with Silencer Shop today. Uh, you met a gal over there. I met the the marketing manager, and um, just uh, kind of a new regime over there, but really some good stuff with what they're doing um, with uh, making Silencer ownership very. I always say Silencership when I, they're a podcast sponsor. I'm not say Silencership. That's not even a word. Uh, but Silencer ownership, really easy. Uh, you know, educating the, the public, that kind of stuff. I, I hadn't mean, seen the kiosk and Jennifer over there. Yeah. It was really awesome. Um, she showed me the kiosk and talked about the process of their of their uh, taking care of all the details once you get kind of signed up for that, you know. Right, right. And I thought that was super cool because getting a silencer or a suppressor can be intimidating for yep. someone. It can. And um, so they kind of really take cool. the guesswork out of it, I guess, if you will. And I've talked about that ad nauseum on this podcast when they sponsored it about you know just just you know keeping silencer ownership. You know, you're never going to get past the ATF, obviously, but. They try to take the guesswork out of it and make it as easy as it possibly can be to own a silencer. And yeah. you can own a silencer for your handgun. You can own one for your shotgun. You can own one for your rifle. I mean, there's a lot of different you know uses. You can get integrally suppressed silencers. You can get you know the the, the, the screw on cans or the the um, you know the quick detach cans and that kind of stuff. So I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do there. But I was I was kind of impressed. That kiosk thing really is is kind of upping the game on making it easier to own them. In, in other words, yeah, so, for yeah. sure. Um, what else, Chester? Man, there was um, there's a lot of stuff here in terms of like um, security and safety and things like that. Yeah, and I was really impressed with um, uh, Guard Dog. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a lot of neat yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've seen their booth before. Yeah, yeah, they had a lot of cool stuff like you know anti bear spray and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's but they got bulletproof backpacks. Oh, cool! And they were like school kind of bulletproof backpacks too. Huh. And sadly, that may be an investment we have to make yeah. at some point, you know, because, you know, it, stuff, it, yeah. something like that. I mean, it's come to that, you know, mm-hmm. it really has. And it's come to that out there. So I thought that was great. And a lot of like stuff on personal safety and uh, 
talk about the beacon that we talked that we, the, those guys spot the global spot. star yeah, yeah man. Uh, i talked about them last night but you know if you are going offshore i talked about this on the last night's podcast if you're going offshore if you are going deep in the woods I mean, you know, you don't really hear stories of guys that are found with one of those that don't make it out because usually they 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 they're saved. You yeah, know? and I'm actually going to be buying one of these in the next week. Sweet. Uh, I pretty much now have to go alone. Right. I really don't have anybody to go with me in some of the woods. I we live what anymore. five hours away from each other. Yeah, so. that's about it. I can't call that's Dustin to show up. Come on, and most of my friends are sissies. Get in the so, truck. Uh, most of them are sissies. They don't want to go in the woods. <laughs> and so I really do need a beacon, you know. And um, it's uh, it's a great effort. And in Texas, you know, because of really along a lot of the Gulf Coast, but particularly Texas, because of shallower water in most of the coast, especially the upper coast. Uh, if you want to go catch red snapper, you last month we had a last year we had a fairly long season, but most of the time it's like a week. Yep. And so what's happened is people are pushing further to go catch tuna, wahoo, right. links up like that. And so you know you're going 80 miles out, guys that were formerly going 30 and 40 miles out, and that's a whole different realm of trouble you can get into. So you have a beacon or something like that, it, it could really save your neck. No, that's good. And I mean the, the the line of products they have have a subscription that you basically pay, but I mean. To buy something like the the beacon or the the sat phone, the satellite phone, or you know whatever I talked about last night, their their uh, main offerings. Also going to be an academy pretty soon, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's an investment in your future. I mean, it's an investment in your life. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard. It's kind of serious to talk about in a fun podcast like this, but it's. It's serious, you know? Well, you know, that's one of the things about a lot of these safety products is, you know, no one wants to talk about, I mean, the the, the tactical side and all, those guys, those guys will talk about, you know, like home intrusion right. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I give them kudos for that. But in the hunting side, no one wants to talk about freaking maniacs, deliverance people, meth dealers. Right. And all those things that you can run into. The wackadoodles, like my wife says. Yeah, they just. And I've, I've ran into two different meth labs in my years of being out in the woods mm-hmm. and on the water. And uh, thank God I was far enough out seeing them. I didn't have to make eye contact with anyone and right. got the heck out of Dodge. Um, but And I got chased off a mountain in Northern California. I'm sure it was by drug pushers. Me and my dad in 2002. And I've had some run-ins with some crazy stuff. And so being able to have some of these extra safety devices and stuff like that sure. and being self-aware yeah. of what's going on, I think, is great. And I think we need to talk about it more on the fishing, on the hunting and fishing side. Yeah. Because you know, if you're long, if you're fishing the lower Texas coast, you know there there's literally piracy and stuff that happens sometimes. Yeah. There are illegal Mexican fishing boats that come in to run long lines, and if they think maybe someone, I don't know if someone's going to hurt them, you know, or turn them in, you know, you can find yourself in some trouble. So yep. I think it's uh, wise to be to have all the precautions and. Um, you know, and there are some guns here that if you just showed some of these weapons to people, like the full auto shotguns and stuff, man. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like that would scare away Godzilla if he's peeking in your yeah. window. Yeah. You know, because they could take out. I mean, with double out buckshot and that many rounds going down range at once. I mean, holy smokes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. And Ellerman got to shoot though that one of those at range day, and I mean, it, the mag dump took like 1.5 seconds, and it was like 30 rounds. I mean, it was just sick. That's like it's like a minigun. It was I've, ridiculous. I, I hate to admit it. I've I've had moments where I needed like that many rounds for one duck. I think I'm missing Chester. That's not what they're for. No, no, no. I, I, but I was thinking waterfowl. You know, so. oh, waterfowl. Look, okay. think about this geese. <laughs> okay. The problem is it's it's federally regulated, and you have to have a plug in your gun. Right. So the the the, the thirty round burst would not work. I mean, that's messed up. <laughs> 
but man, it would help eliminate some snow geese. Yeah, it's good. That's yeah. good. That's real good. Uh, Barsco was one of the scope companies that I that I saw. They're coming out with the night vision scope uh, this year. They are a uh, wide variety of binoculars for hunting and fishing. That's the angle I talked to them about in our meeting because a lot of people use the binoculars and they have make kind of uh, budget style optics, uh, you know, for looking for birds, for fish, you know, and that kind of stuff. You're, you're striper fishing or white bass fishing, watching yeah. the birds dive down. Uh, you need a good set of glass to, you know, uh, binoculars to do that. Um, and uh, they also are into safes. That's something that was kind of new. The security, the home security kind of thing, was was securing your uh, your firearms and that kind of stuff. And being that they're built, they're, they're all that stuff is. Um, you know, all their manufacturing and all that other stuff. Well, not manufacturing, but all their, their retailing stuff comes out of California. They're pretty forward-thinking for stuff coming out of California. Just saying. So, Yeah, typically that's backwards. <laughs> that's where I was going with that, Chester. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I noticed today, I had a meeting with MGM Targets. They make one of the coolest systems for your own personal range. So let's say you're going out to your, your friend's family farm or whatever. You just need six two by fours, or actually five two by fours. All right, they, they basically get in these braces, and you make an A frame, and then you connect a target uh, every so often. Uh, there's five different target, five different plates. Okay, it is called a plate rack in a bucket. Literally, it's three hundred dollars shipped to your door. It is a bucket that has like uh, you know steel shooting steel that you the steel targets that you hang up and you shoot off of two by fours. Wow! If the two by fours like get damaged you just replace the two by fours go to lowe's go to home depot no big deal hmm. the targets that he uses are absolutely amazing he had something like sixty thousand rounds on one of his um hmm. his silhouette targets okay mgm targets uh, silhouette targets metal you know steel targets basically yeah. sixty thousand rounds minigun he what? threw yeah he threw minigun at, at who down has a minigun i know i know he, he said they probably blew through like a hundred thousand dollars worth of ammunition Wow. Uh, and, and just to test the quality of their steel targets, you know, and they have all kinds of different, uh, you know, testing targets, like the 1.5 second reaction on a uh, self-defense scenario. They have this target that they spring load, and it comes at you real fast, and you have to be able to turn around and shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just really cool. They have, like, 300 SKUs of, of products, and it's just like... And what have the, what what has the shooting community not thought of? But I mean, especially for your own private range, if you don't have a gun range in your area, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, that uh, the plate rack and a bucket is a really for three hundred bucks, man. I mean, you could shoot those things till the cows come home. I tell you what, I was impressed at Nosler today. They have a carbon rifle. Yeah, yeah, you're telling me about yeah, that. The yeah, the Nosler carbon. I think it's called the Model Forty Eight. Okay. Something like that. And uh, let me look it up here. Yeah, Model Forty Eight. It's a long range carbon rifle. And this thing weighs like six pounds. It's really, really light, and um, and it's one of those guns that's for, you know, that guy that's going to go out in the middle of nowhere and doesn't want to, you know, wear himself out getting out in the field, you know. Because really, I mean, when you're when you're you've got to look at weight when you're going to be packing all that stuff with you, right? And, and you know, a pound or two can make a difference. Yeah, I can for sure. And so. um, anyway, uh, it's uh, I was really impressed with that thing, and to think about, you know, especially those guys. Let's say you're going up, you're going up to uh, Colorado. Yep. You know, you're going out in that public land and you're trying to get way back where nobody hardly gets for those elk. Yep. I mean, that's uh, that's going to make it be a difference maker. And, of course, Nosler makes incredible stuff. So yeah. I was pretty impressed by that. Yeah, the Nosler, uh, the whole, you know, legacy that they have is, is just the, the hunting, um, you know, uh, performance. I mean, that's what it's all based around is performance and how your rounds 
perform downrange, how their guns perform and everything like that. And they have kind of higher-end guns, I guess you could say. I yeah, mean, these are like the $3,000 guns. Right. So, I mean, you're going to be paying a little bit more, but, I mean, you get a good, really high-quality product at a lightweight weight. You synthetic, know. you know. Synthetic stock. Yeah, stock that stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. I'm looking at the Model 48 Long Range. Okay. Um, what does it shoot? Seven what pounds. What caliber is it shoot? And it I don't have all of the cal- I had it written down. I don't have it with me. Well, dang it, But it shoots. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Offerings, right? Six, okay. 6.5 Creedmoor. Right. 26 Nosler, 28 Nosler. I told you Nosler had their own rounds. I was. <laughs> there you go. 300 Win Mag, 30 Nosler, and the 33 Nosler. I didn't realize Nosler had that many calibers. Yeah, I didn't either. That's pretty cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and, and obviously, you know, there, I talked about on the podcast that I did with Dustin Ellerman, Winchester came out with the, the 350 legend, you know, which is going to make a whole new category of cans, you know, to, to suppress it and all this other stuff. But the idea is everybody's trying to improve what exists out there. And that's the innovations of the industry, which is good. But overall, it's just kind of like, how does it get any better than what it already is? You know, with long-range shooting and with, you know, scopes and with, you know. You know, I was talking to someone today, and they were talking about, well, this will hit out to 1,000 yards, which is incredible that there's machinery like that. And, you know, now we have the right optics and all the things to properly do that in the targeting. But I couldn't hit Walmart at a thousand yards. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being real. You know, Ch- Chester's range is what you know, 150. 150. It's yeah. a good good shot. It's 150. You got to realize my thing. I bow hunted a lot of my life. Right. 100 tickets in East Texas, and I like to waterfowl hunt. So 150 yards is like. It's reaching out there and touching them. Yeah, that's, that's really crazy. Yeah, that's so, crazy. My dad was a really good uh, long long range shooter, and he always shot stuff across canyons. I had to go retrieve, you know. So I'm like, I'm gonna shoot it within 50 yards. Yeah, that's right. So we have to drag it as far, yeah. right? <laughs> All right. Something else. I stopped by Lansky's booth. Lansky makes sharpeners. Uh, I was showing Chester the, the cell sheet that they gave me for the mini lockback knife bowl. I'm literally saying it's a bowl, like a goldfish bowl, kind of. Okay, but it's full of mini knives. All right. And I don't mean M A N Y. I mean M I N. M I N, yeah, many, many, Manny. Anyway, all right, sorry. I'm it's the late. editor. It's like, I know, yeah, it's just, <laughs> just going to edit this podcast now. Um, but many, several knives, all right. I think they come like 24 knives, and and the MSRP for the knives is four bucks. Dude, you could buy a whole bowl of knives and give them away as stocking stuffers. Yeah. For birthdays, for anniversaries. <laughs> For Christmas. I mean, for, anyway, I thought that was cool. And the other thing is the C-Sharp. It is the Quad Sharp, which I've reviewed on this podcast, and I've reviewed the Quad Sharp on the um, uh, fishgame.com as well. Quad Sharp is basically all these different angles on one little sharpener. This is all ceramic. Ceramic pull-through pull quad-angle sharpener. Uh, MSRP is under 20 bucks, and um, uh, it's all ceramic, so you, you know you don't have to deal with any carbide, and you've got a ceramic finishing edge on it too, and it's a nice, neat little thing. It fits in your pocket for under 20 bucks, and it's uh, it's a sharpener, and you can fine hone an edge with ceramics. So there you go. Man, you know, uh, you think about all the things we've talked about here in just a few minutes, and there's just a lot to see. There is. And there's a lot to cover, but we're trying to get you just a variety of information yeah. out there in the fish game thoughts, yeah. universe, and um, it's great. It's an honor and privilege to get to represent Texas Fishing Game and our owners, Roy and Argan Eves, and be here to get to do this and uh, come back and share the information with you. I mean, it's a great privilege for me to be on the Best of the Outdoors podcast. And it's always fun to be on here. You know, one of the things that people would need to really see to believe is the displays here. 
Oh, they're huge. I like, mean, they're just like, outdoors alone, Smith and Wesson. I mean, the freaking humongous, like city block size. Yeah, some stuff. You oh know, yeah, it's, for it's, sure. It's insanity. And tall too. I mean, not just yeah. wide, just tall. I and mean, I'm thinking, you know, like, you know, you'll see companies, and the next year they'll have this to get attention. You know, they, they really want to get make stand out. Right. And I'm thinking, what would I do to stand out here at the shot show? And I would probably go the the the, the funny direction to stand out. You know. <laughs> I would well, you're have, standing out right now. You got a sport coat and camo jeans. That's, the, that's, that's my style, baby. And your zebra bandana. That, that's me. Awesome, I'm, so. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a natural standout. I'm a maverick, baby. I'm a pariah. I okay. love it. I'm a, I, I okay. love it. I'm going to stand out no matter where it's at because that's who I am because I'm Chester Moore, the wildlife chair. And listen, that's the way it goes. But other than that, what I would probably do is have like a full body Angus bull mounted. <laughs> <laughs> I would. And then I would not have a Brangus, but an Angus. It got to be an Angus because the only good meat in the world is certified Angus beef, according to the beef industry. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, and and you, you talk about you know the poor man's big five. You know, uh, you could shoot one of those certified Angus bulls. And then I would have like some domestic turkey mounts. You know, the big like the big butterball white boogers. We were talking about this on the bus right over. Yeah, know? man. And then like one of those like bronze looking turkeys. And then, like, you know, and I think everybody would come over and say, what you doing? So we're trying to introduce the poor guy's side of hunting here. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, the working man's side. The working man's, the working man's side. Uh, no, I was just kind of, we are joking about that because I'm thinking, what else could you do to impress people? It's so crazy, the stuff they yeah, have here. Yeah, seriously, it is. And there's, like, full-body mule deer down there yeah. and bears. And uh, there's, like, mini guns and, like, you know, rocket launchers. You know, I saw a Gatling gun here one year. I don't know if they have it this year or like not. An actual Gatling gun? An actual Gatling gun, That's like cool. a collector's yeah. piece. From, oh, that would be I awesome. think it was like a re, uh, like a, like a, a, a replica. A, a replica, sure, sure yeah. right. But it was like, you know, you could go up and turn it, and it would just... Dude, oh, oh, look, man, I'm not a gun. It's the year I met you, I saw that. I am not like a huge gun guy. I love guns, got a bunch of guns. But I'm not like a guy like collects guns and all that, historical pieces or anything. But, man, to, to go crank on an actual Gatling gun would be pretty dang sweet, yep, you know? Yep. It would be, would be pretty dang saying. sweet. Well, and that's the thing about it is that was the year I met you, 2013, that I saw that. And I was like, that is pretty darn cool because yep. it was like something that you just, you know, just there. I mean, it was just like everybody was going around and oohing and on it. Like mm -hmm. at Range Day, the minigun, everybody was oohing and on that thing because they had one on display and one in the back of the truck they were actually firing. Yep. Belt fed. I mean, seriously, like, I don't know how many thousands of rounds of ammunition they went through, but that was... Anyway, mm -hmm. so, sorry. It, it's it's crazy. A, people say I'm easily impressed, but I am sometimes. Well, you know, here's the deal, though. I mean, you like what you like, and if yeah. people don't like it, who cares? Right. You know, I've never been someone to be like, measure, you know, test the wind, yep. and we're going to go, well, you know, this might offend this moron behind a keyboard who's never actually been outdoors. <laughs> no, we don't care. Tactical, or, uh, <laughs> or the Molon Lame, as you like to say in the last oh, podcast my, we did get together. Started, my, my column this month. Uh, and the January issue is called You Can't Get a Purple Heart for Paintball. Yeah, they finally wrote it. I knew I, it was I, I had to hit it. You it's it, just the it guys that are, that have, and, and I never I never was in the military, but I don't act like I was. And, <laughs> exactly. I, and I get upset when I see people who act a lot more Navy SEAL than real Navy SEALs, you right, know. Right. And the closest they get to be a Navy SEAL is being on the high school swim team. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't, I don't, I don't dig that, you know. But I didn't see, I, you know, I don't, I don't, we didn't see so much of that here. No. Um, it, you know, I see more of that at the gun range. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, or at NRA, NRA shows. I, I, I don't. You get, never go to NRA. I'm yeah, just saying, NRA. I see that at NRA. But you know, what I, what I do, what, what's kind of cool though, it's is I think we're getting a little more grounded now. Yeah. And people are kind of getting back to the basics of uh, firearm and defense and 
hunting and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's uh, – you you, you kind of got me on something here, and it's kind of stuck oh, in my craw. Oh God, there's a rant coming. Is it it's just coming, two more baby. rants. It's coming, baby. They gotta come out, or I'll go crazy and can't sleep tonight. That's right. So, you mentioned about like you know people say you're easily impressed. Well, that's great because these people who are so discriminating that everyone that everything has to fit their perfect little idea of whatever, right. and then they're gonna fire off the message on social media about whatever. Because I tell you what, there's an entire class of really brain dead people. Who don't even read the entire headline. Right. They read a word in the headline. I've had to correct people like, I can't believe you said that. Blah, blah, blah. Read the whole headline. They picked out one word. Yeah. Fishgame.com and Facebook are good examples of that with our with our material. Right? Yeah, we got great stuff. It's always some little ninny somewhere. You know, it's always ninny. like you know, they're always like, That's a Ted Nugent word to use. But uh <laughs> but it's like it, it I love that one. So I just I expect it being like the dumbest person in the world, you know, a ninny, whatever that means. Ninny. But uh somebody will probably send us a message and tell us. But it's um you know, people shouldn't apologize for what we have to apologize for what they're into. Right. You know, um, it, and it happens so much. It'll be like, well, you don't know about the Lapua, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, because I don't really care. That's not my thing. You don't have to care. You don't have to. I think that's why we have Dustin Ellerman. Right. That's what he's into. He that's yeah. why we have Steve Lamascus. That's why right. he's into. Right. I don't know the intricacies of the white bass spawn. I know when they spawn. I know where they spawn. But Matt Williams, our freshwater guy, can tell you. Now, if you want to talk wildlife, you want to talk uh, hogs and waterfowl and turkey and all that stuff, come on, let's go. I can go with the best of them. But what happens is I think that we, we that people really like to just nitpick everyone. Yep. And, and, the, and if we want to grow hunting and fishing, the nitpickers have got to go. They've yep. got to stop slamming people because they didn't shoot this you know, right-sized buck. I had somebody tell me one time they got really – like brutal, brutally slammed on their deer lease, and they were a younger person because they didn't. They shot a buck. They said it was quite, it was legal, but they said it was too young. It wasn't old enough. But it, one more year, it could have bred. Not if it walked out in front of me. Okay, right, right, you know. Yep. And it's like you know, it was just the dumbest. It, it, that mentality is so small, right. and it's just got to go. You know, yeah. and, and we got to let people appreciate what they appreciate. You know, if a guy is a bow hunter and he likes to use um, a 10-year-old bow that still has good working parts, good for him. He got his money's worth. Right. But then he'll go somewhere and they'll tell him, it doesn't work unless it's the one that we sell this year. Right. And we get the best deal on the shop, you know. That kind of stuff. That's got to go. And so for those of you listening, because I know most of the people who listen to this podcast, read fishgame.com, Texas Fish and Game, are – people who just love to go enjoy the great outdoors don't apologize don't put up with the idiots who are trying to tell you that what you like isn't as good as what they like and uh because there's people are just a bunch of losers and um i never have lost an ounce of of, of just a wink of sleep over those people and i and i won't because i i i you know i work with young people so much and i hate when i see people putting people down this should be fun Yes. Yeah, this this should it be really the, should. Whole, the whole thing yeah. should be fun. It should. And uh, people who come out and they're like, well, you know, you don't know enough about this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, well, you don't know enough about, you know, life to be talking to me right now. Right. You know, that's kind of the way I look at some of that stuff. Well, it's like, what do we have? The trout snobs, we have the bow hunters, <laughs> then we have, then we have the, uh, and I'm not saying all bow, I'm a bow hunter, Chester's a bow hunter, but I'm just saying. Uh, For the record, he said that. <laughs> I know. Uh, 
I'm just kidding. Trial snobs, no. bow hunters, and, and horse traders. We talked about that last night. So anyway. But yeah, there's, there's there's different subgroups of people. Yeah. Because everybody's a subgroup now on social media because yeah. they have a page dedicated to it. Right. You That's know what true. I mean? And so everybody's got their little thing, and they all the little fiefdoms. They all want to right. be they want to be little kings over this stuff. Well, yeah. And we want to be people who bring people together. We do. We unite people, and that's what I wrote about in my Lone Star Bowhunters Association column that will get published eventually. Um, I'm still working with the publisher on that deal, but uh, I talked about that on a podcast a few times ago, a few podcasts ago, basically about can't we all get along? Don't you know? Because I'm a bow hunter, Chester is too. I mean, don't call somebody that has a compound bow a bow with training wheels. Don't call somebody that has a recurve bow, you know, stick and string. I mean, you know, just can't we all just get along? I mean, that's I said that on the show for years. If but. you measure, and this is this is serious, if you measure the quality of your humanness uh-huh. by the type of bow that you use, you yep. are pathetic. There's, You're pathetic. I yeah. have no respect for that. Um, as long as it's ethical, you can kill what you're shooting at, and you're proficient at it, I don't care what kind of bow or what kind of fishing rod you or use or what kind of gun you or use. Whatever, yeah. My dad used to get fired up about that, God rest his soul, man. And I remember somebody told him one time, he's like, well, you ought to be killing with the bow. And my dad looked at him and said, can you shoot that bow and kill a deer at 250 yards? <laughs> he goes, no. He goes, well, I rest my case. <laughs> You know, I'm done. That's but funny. there's that entire mentality that plagues the sporting industry. There is, and people are afraid to say anything because they don't want to upset the good old boy syndicate. Right. My existence in this business upsets the good old boy syndicate. Yeah. So I'm proud to be doing it for 26 years. Long hair, beard, mustache. I the whole mean, thing. Anti-establishment is what I call I, you sometimes. I just you know, am what I, I am. I know, but I'm, you're your own Chester Moore. I mean, you know, like I said, that's uh, kind of like Top Shot Dustin or, you know. Any of these I want to be what I am, and I want everyone else to enjoy themselves, yeah, you know. Sure. People could probably say a lot about me, but they can't say I'm an ass. No. You know, and they can't no. say that I'm, um, I'm wanting to hold other people back because I want to lift people up. And um, I think I'm seeing a little bit more of that happen this year in the hunting side of things. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, a little more too. positive trajectory going on, which is great, you know. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And uh, this show is a classic example of why we still have the right to keep and bear arms. Right. Because these people are organized. Yeah. Like you know they're, they're very. Serious. I, I was sitting there listening to some lobbyists today. I was in a press conference. With some lobbyists behind me talking about some hunting legislation. Yep. And it was it was like it was crazy, and I was like, man, I know how to lobby people now. You know, it was like, right. they, they, but there's lobbyists they hire. I mean, this stuff is organized. You yeah. know, it, 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 this is what makes it all work. You know how much lobbyists get paid? It's ridiculous. Way more than wildlife journalists. My father-in-law's got a friend that it just it's ridiculous. So anyway, but yeah, I couldn't um, stomach it. I know, man. Cause it just yeah. You know, a, I, I don't suck up to people. <laughs> Really well, so I'd be the worst lobbyist ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sucking up to you, dude. Yeah, yeah I'd be like, look, man, look, look, look. I, I could do it for like five minutes. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Let me tell uh, a funny story because it's we're now we're in the entertainment, getting loopy because we're tired thing. Yeah. So I went to this. Um, I got invited by a. Let me start. I'm going to say this with protecting the guilty. Um, <laughs> group of people who deal with water municipalities. One time. Yep. About water transfer. And they invited me and a couple of local outdoor writers to go meet with them at dinner and talk about water transfer. Right. Now, they're the ones who profit off selling the water, the entity, sure. but they were acting like they weren't. So I listened, didn't say a lot. Then they had a big meeting with their board and invited the media, the other writers who were there, to come talk. And they asked us all to say something. <laughs> I looked, oh, Lord. 
Here we go. And I, I was, this was, this is, this is when I was, I was more, I was a lot more Darth Vader than Anakin Skywalker back then. <laughs> this is in my dark era. It's a good way to put it in the Star Wars terms. It, it's yeah. true. I was very, this is, this isn't quite wiping out the younglings like, you know, but this is definitely, uh, you know, very episode four Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> and I looked at him and said, just in general, I don't trust you people mm-hmm. because you're the one selling the water. So why would I believe anything you're going to tell me about the water? And that's true. And, 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 and you could have heard a pin drop in the room, and and it's just one of those situations where sometimes you just got to question things. Yeah. Uh, my theory is, is that I, I'm not. I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the world. I just think that most people, most entities, aren't that smart. And we, if we don't ask the questions, then we're going to let people who don't have much more of a brain than us fool us and run us around. Right. So I think everyone has that potential to just see what's going on. And as a journalist, to me, that's our gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my rant's over, and no, I apologize. That's, good. that's a good rant. It's dude. a rant. I mean, you know, rants have to happen. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of credence of what you just said, and I mean, I think that's it's. Um you know, but but I agree with you that this show there's been more of a uh, you know I don't want to say unifier or unity, but it's been it's been basically more of a you know reaching across the aisle. I don't want to say bipartisan like politics, but it's yeah. just kind of like people that are bow hunters can get along a little bit. Like like for instance, the one we saw at Crossman today: air guns, yeah, uh, Raven crossbows, and center point crossbows. Sure, two different you know varieties of, of uh, crossbows, two different price points. Um, you know, all kind of working together. Air guns and crossbows. We talked about that before. Yeah. You know, um, airbows. And, and airbows. Yeah, and then then there's laser max. You know, has a lot of, and so there's there's that kind of stuff. But the thing that really you know gets me is that all these companies are buying up other companies and they're competing in like the marketplace is flat in a lot of cases sales wise and it's just been like you know, it's it's, and I'm getting loopy because I'm tired. Trust so forgive me. I rant, uh, and you just kind of go I on. Just gotta you know? go on. It's, like, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I, we got our style. But but no, what I'm trying to say here is that um, that definitely, I mean, the competition is fierce in this industry, and the nice thing that you and I, as as media, and then you, the listener, as consumer, gets is that um, you know we end up getting we end up getting the best of both worlds in a lot of ways because we get the higher quality products because all the garbage has been weeded out in a lot of ways. You know, really, there's not a lot of crap here. That, that's true. I yeah. mean, that's, that's where I was going initially with that point. I'm sorry, Chester. Leave I'm it gonna... to me to condense it. Dude, <laughs> Thanks, dude, condense. I, I never condense my stuff. I condense everybody else's. I never condense your <laughs> stuff either, but you do a good job convincing mine. That's where I was going with that. Sorry. No, no, we're it's in trouble. been a long week. But that's, that's really true because you don't see a lot of, a lot of, of faulty stuff out there. No, right? it's, it's really all high quality. And like I said, I said it many times before. We're in the golden age. But, you know, it's true. The, one of the first mar- articles that I wrote for a Mag and Prowler when I met you, Chester, in 2013 – before that, what's called the golden age of shotguns, and it was just about how you've got turkey guns, you've got duck guns, you've got uh, dove guns, you've got skeet guns, you got trap guns, you got all kinds of different you know guns, and and it's just there's there's just a wide variety of different things to offer for anybody that wants to do just about anything in the outdoors anymore. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. <laughs> I'm listening. To That's all you said. I hear you. <laughs> hey, amen, brother. Keep going. Preach. 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 So. Anyway, I don't want to keep you much longer. We're both tired. Um, final thoughts on Shot Show and what you saw today and yesterday. Final um, thoughts are that I'm seeing more of a, uh, a like a unity thing going on. Yeah, that's where I was going too. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely am seeing 
that competition you're talking about, you framed that very well. Thank you. Going into a lot of products, and I think it's I think it's definitely golden age for gun lovers for sure. But I think we're going to start seeing in the in the decoys and the calls and the and some of those things. I think we're going to start seeing some really amazing game changing stuff. I didn't get to stop today, but I'm going to go in the morning and I'll fire dust in the message where I check it out for tomorrow night's podcast. Yeah. I'm leaving. There is a product that reduces your electrical field showing. Oh, really? Yeah, which I think is very interesting. Electrical field. Because we do have electricity in our bodies. Sure, sure we do. You know, We're you can see it's about, it's a camo, it's a product. So I'm going to go by and check it out. Is it, it the hex, whatever? The, the, we'll, we'll check it out yeah. in the morning. I'm going to get some details on it. But it was Yeah, really, yeah, I've heard of this. I've it was really interesting. So right, cool. uh, that, that kind of stuff's coming. And... Um, I think that's got a lot of potential for the really serious outdoors guy. Well, and my point, back to the, the sales are flat, a lot of competition, that kind of stuff. I say that simply to say this. It is it is more competition for you, the outdoorsman, our listener, and you and me, Chester, our media attentions, dollars. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it, because it, if, if it's flat, if it's not growing, and we want the sport to grow, they're going to be competing even harder to get your eyeballs on their stuff. And really, this whole industry is based around selling stuff and having media come in and talk about their stuff so they can sell stuff, and then yeah. having distributors come in and buy their stuff. So the whole show is like based around sales in a lot of ways, you know, yep. as crazy as that is. Because that sounds like more business than it is outdoorsy, but that's just the way it works. But, I mean, it's uh, it's, it's just wild, man. And a humongous. I mean, 60-something thousand people. And, I mean, the fifth largest show, I was reading this in the press room today, fifth largest show in the world. Really? Well, all at least together. in the nation, all together. That's nation. amazing. I, I don't Fifth doubt largest it. largest show in the nation, yeah. I certainly don't I'm doubt I'm sure it. they have big shows in China because there's a billion point three people in China alone. So. Well, anyway. there's uh, a... <laughs> wow. Okay, this has gone south. <laughs> I'm better, sorry, man. Leave. I better cut it off. So, anyway. And no. neither one of us are drinking. So. No, no, no. This is all straight. We're just drinking water. That's the so. scary thing is I don't drink or do drugs. If I did... It would be truly terrifying. We're just loopy because we're tired. Man. That's it. We, we, cut, we had to cover the fifth biggest show in the world. Come on, man. That's right. That's yeah. right. No, that's cool. So thank you guys so much for watching, reading, and listening. I will be back hopefully tomorrow with another podcast. And have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you next time.